ABC7 got to sit down with Anne Morrison, an actress probably best known for her work with Stephen Sondheim in the original Broadway production of Merrily We Roll Along. We lost the brilliant Stephen Sondheim in 2021, and Anne Morrison is putting together a sneak peek at a look at her cabaret, Merrily from Center Stage, which will play here in Sarasota on Saturday, May 7th. She also talked about some of her creative endeavors with us and what's next for her locally. I'm Melissa Ratliff, and this is The Lead. Okay, it is Melissa Ratliff here for The Lead, and I'm here with my friend, artist, actress, singer, comedian, Ann Morrison, who is doing a lot in the community right now. And I just wanted to bring her on here because she always, once she has the best stories, and she's got a couple things she is bringing up. Um, she's working on a Sondheim Cabaret coming up yes. here locally, and she's also working on her Sarah Solo. She's Sarah Solo, excuse me, um, yeah. theater company, and they, are, you guys are changing, but you could tell me all about I that. So everything. everything. I might tell you things you don't want to know. So oh, I want to know. The longer we're in here, the less <laughs> I have to work. So you go right ahead. Okay, great. Well, um, I'm I have a company uh, with Blake Walton. Um, we're kind of the brain heart people of a company called Sarah Solo Productions. And it got started because we love solo theater. And both of us became parts of the Academy for the United Solo Festival in New York, which is the largest solo festival in the world. And uh, what we love about solo theater work, and I'm saying solo theater because I'm I'm bringing this much larger than people just doing a play about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We look at everything that's that's solo. Um, And there's no sense of competition with that group because you're doing your you're doing something that's uniquely yours, and uh, we won awards there and got to know some of the other artists there, who said, "Wouldn't it be great if we could have a retreat somewhere where we could go and work on our material with other like-minded people?" Because it's very lonely doing solo work. Yeah. And um, we thought, "Hey, that should be Sarasota, Florida." So Blake and I started the solo festival, Sarasota Festival, to bring about sixteen people down once a year. Um, that had a whole smattering of different kinds of solo work, whether it's a play, whether it was solo cabaret, whether it was physical theater, whether it was spoken word, any way that one might want to express themselves, but as solo on stage, so that the audience becomes their scene partner, and um, they uh, it, it's just it's really informative and wonderful. So, uh, but we always wanted to get into the development, and we started even from the beginning when we started our festivals of helping people through the material. And once somebody got something uh, like more than twenty minutes and felt like they could have a bigger piece, we would put them in the festivals. And that was the, kind of the cool thing. So we started nurturing our community that way, and we decided to stop the festivals in that way and just really focus on helping professionals, adults, and students because we have an educational program. We go into Booker High School in their theater department and teach solo theater work. We go into Booker Middle School and work in an intergenerational program where the teens are interviewing 60-plus adults and vice versa. They have to go off and write monologues as the person. As the person they just talked yeah. to. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. Which is really, really cool. And it creates this wonderful mentorship between both the elders and the teens. Um, and we, we want to scale this. We want to make this bigger. We've got more dreams of, of, of expanding that. So we just finished doing the giving challenge to expand that. So let's get to why you really brought me in. Well, actually, there. no, no, actually, I kind of want to go write a monologue for sure. each other. That's a great idea. But well, I feel like we talk so fast that we would sound alike. We would stop. <laughs> I 
think that I desperately want you to come in. I'm throwing the gauntlet at your feet okay. to put together your own solo piece and let us help you develop it because Ooh. you're fascinating. You have a fascinating life, and I'll I would love it. you to do it. Uh, yeah. I think she should do it. Don't we'll do it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm at the, I'll take the gauntlet. Yeah, no, I'm ready to get back into the theater scene. Um, so if my bosses are listening to this, I'm going to be some time off to work on that. She's um, going to be brilliant. Maybe and then I'll she's be busy. Make all the money for um, the, the all the advertising yeah, fund. That's, that's all they want. That's all. That, it'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually do really love the idea of getting to know somebody. Or, or just making assumptions and developing something from that because it's oh such, such a brilliant idea. Well, what's cool about the solo? We created this thing now called the solo, which works professionals and adults, and it's we we can eventually work with them individually, but we like to bring them together so that there is this collective in a sense, and because there's no sense of competition which I don't see any competition in theater anyway, but there isn't that because they all have their unique thing that they want to say, and so you start to hear them say, "Oh, you're looking for a piece of music." I think I got something for you. Or I love when you just said that. That really inspired me. I, I think now that I want to add this, you know, it's so it, 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 it's just beautiful. I love it. So, I mean, that's just the really one of the best really, things yeah. about theater. Like it's just it's it's when it's collaborative, but you're also it's not like it's it's not plagiarism. If you're like if you're inspired, you're there's inspired. only so many ideas, and you're like you're bouncing them off of each other, and you can get so many different perspectives. So that is such a fascinating. Yeah, cool. I th- we're thinking about doing that the end of um, July into the second week or the first week of August. So and you, you guys do have a website, correct? We'll have a website that's all going to go on in the next yeah. couple of days. So if anyone out there has a solo idea in their head please contact us because we'd love to help you develop it <laughs> i'll be working on mine because since i've been challenged but now i just want to yeah. write a monologue as annu and that yeah, if, if you want to for 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 fun go to our youtube channel sarah solo productions and you can click on the big circle and have fun going down the rabbit hole there i have a bunch of playlists that i've created for my students um, and it's just fun to watch pieces of other people's plays or cabaret work or um, we put up a lot of stuff. We have a whole bunch of stuff on our educational program that's fascinating to hear teens talk about their experience. So um, you're bored one afternoon. Go play with us there. That sounds like yeah. a, and that sounds yeah. a lot of fun. And, yeah, yeah of course, we're, we're uh, bringing you in here also to talk about the fact that you are doing a cabaret for song. So you, uh, give us a little backstory if people don't yeah, know who you, yeah. your background in theater. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I had the great privilege of creating the female lead in – um, the 1981 production on Broadway of Merrily Roll Along, the character's name was Mary Flynn. And uh, it's an interesting story, the whole Merrily thing, because it did not do well in 1981. But it's one of those shows that will not go away. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about it, and it, one, we, get, we got like the best, one of the best songs in the show. By the show. I'm like, rolls in, sings the best song, and see you later. Uh, it's, 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 the, it's the staging. It's the it's, it's like the last five years in the sense that it's going, that, that, that musical, if you're familiar with it, and, and the time making it, and people love a challenge with the yeah, show. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting, and um, it didn't do well, I said, but it won't go away, and I think what's beautiful about the original album, and I talk about it in my show, is because we had to close in, in two weeks after opening, after doing six weeks of nonstop rehearsal and doing previews that night, which I find the most interesting part of the story, is those, those previews, um, we had to go in the next morning at 8.30 in the morning to record the album. And of all the different Marilys that have been out there, it's the best one because you can hear 
our feelings on it. So, and it really, had to be heartbreaking. And then I, Brex, I actually just recently did a podcast on Sondheim yeah. on my own, uh, and I was mentioning that he's one. He he stayed behind, correct? Like he 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 stayed for that recording, or he oh stayed. Yeah, he, he was kidding? he was there. He was every crying. step of the way. In fact, I was the last person to record. I put that in my show. Uh, I, I was waiting for Lonnie and Jim, who who are the other leads in the show, to finish up. The orchestra had left. The lights were being turned down, and Steve turned to me and said, "Would you?" be willing to punch in a line in your Now You Know song um, because I, if we're going to do this forever, you know, I'm recorded, I want to change something in that line. And I said, sure. So I'm all alone on the stage and I'm singing away that line and then I go past it and I think I screwed up and I went, oh, shoot. And he went, no, 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 God, Mikey. said, no, 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 that was terrific. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I don't even remember what the change was. You know, that was over 41 years ago. But um, it, it's, it was something. Steve was amazing. He was, he was like a child. He was like a kid himself. He came so excited. He would tell people that that was his most fun, was working on Merrily Roll Along. That, and, that makes me so happy. And my last memory of Steve was uh, I was asked to come and sing for um, Hal Prince's memorial. And uh, they wanted us to do old friends from... Um, from Merrily. Yeah. Um, and we did the original choreography that was like 40 years ago. Um, and Steve was sitting in the front and he was practically crying, you know. Mm -hmm. And as I was leaving the theater, leaving, I saw him, he was shuffling along because he was now in his 90s. And he went, Annie! And that's my last memory of Steve. Oh my gosh, yes. He, I, mean, I love the fact, and because you know I'm a musical person, just as I said, I love the fact that in his last final days, uh, before we lost him very suddenly, he was at the theater. He was at the theater. He was out at the theater. He, he was seeing company. Yeah. And I'm just like, I saw one of my friends was actually in the audience taking video. And just, I was just, he was yeah. just going to see. And apparently he was giving notes till the end. Oh, so right. I was like, that's why somebody, <laughs> that's they were giving notes Steve. before yep. company opened. So. Yep. <laughs> so this cabaret show that I put together, I got a call from Jennifer Tepper, who, who actually books um, 54 Below. And this was back in December. And she said, Annie, you know, we've lost Steve. Um, and I know he must be heartbroken. But I haven't gotten all my solo cabaret acts for uh, 54 Below, which is one of the most uh, established cabaret rooms in New York. It's really quite something. I love performing there. Um, and I said, sure. Uh, do you want me to do what I've done before? She said, well, if you can do whatever you want to. You know, but Sondheim, you know, and you know, but, but Sondheim, and, okay, I'll do something with Sondheim, but won't New York be sick of Sondheim by that time? And she said, no one's ever sick of Sondheim. So I got this idea. Uh, Lonnie Price, uh, who was our Charlie Kringis in the show, one of the leads, um, did a beautiful documentary called The Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened. And he'd been interviewing us for like nine years working on this piece. And he finally found some footage, some documentary footage that there was a, com uh, I think it was ABC in New York that was following us around to do a documentary and they had to stop because I think there was a conflict of interest. Yeah. And we thought that was all lost and he found it. And so that changed the narrative of his documentary. And so a lot of things went on the cutting room floor. So I jokingly for fun start the piece talking about the things that I need to fix because people would ask me stupid stuff like your son was born by immaculate conception. You know, things like <laughs> <laughs> Did you quit the business to work with persons with developmental disabilities? No, I'm here, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> you know, and then I go into talking about how um, memory is a funny thing. You only remember your last remember. I and like I, that. I like that. I like that. As That sounds like a Sondheim yeah, lyric. I like I, it. I know. And I know. But then I also say that, you know, I'm not a historian. I don't really care that much about what 
happened. You can read that in books. I'm an actor and a storyteller. I'm more interested in how it felt. So the entire cabaret act is more from the perspective of remembering things, but how it affected me emotionally. And so I can sing songs in the piece, but they're metaphors for what was really going on. And it's been so much fun to put this together. Um, so what? So can we get like a, you don't have to tell us everything? No big reveals, but do, do, uh, what are maybe one or two of the things that you're performing that you know? Yeah, well, I, I'm singing the songs that, of course, I originated, yeah, yeah. but I get to tell them differently. Like for instance, the song that I, I tell everybody um, when I was auditioning for Stephen Sondheim, I was one of the last cast. They didn't have their Mary Flynn yet, and I finally was auditioning on the set of Evita because in those days you could audition on Broadway stages. Yes. And when I finally got to sing for Stephen, he was the only one out in the house, and he uh, was that, laughing. No pressure. No anything. pressure. No pressure. Hi, Stephen Sondheim. But he was delightful, and he was he's kind, it. and he laughed at the things I was saying, and he asked me questions, and he would write things down. And they said, how high do you sing? And I, in those days, I could sing a high C, and I did. And he laughed, and he said, well, I still have one more song to write for Mary Flynn. I said, well, that's nice. He said, so I'll see you first day of rehearsal. And he left. And I said, the, okay, I got the... Did I just <laughs> get, get the part? With Broadway show for... Is Stephen Sondheim writing me a song? So, yeah. you know, I, I think... Well, no, he wrote a song for Merrily Roll Along, but people said, well, no, Annie, actually, he did kind of write it for you. He heard your voice. Because he heard your voice, and he yeah. listened to how you... Your philosophy of life. Um, so that colored how he wrote that song. And it's now you know. Life is crummy. Well, now you know. Okay, big surprise. People love you and tell you lies. Bricks can fall out of clear blue skies. Put your dimple down. Now you know. I want to talk about Ron Field, the choreographer. Uh, because he is not in the documentary at all. But Ron confided everything into me. He was in my dressing room all the time, and I was the one he confessed everything to. So he threw out this storytelling because nobody knows the story. I know all this stuff. And um, he had a nervous breakdown in my dressing room. Um, and he tried to change something, and now you know that was so inappropriate at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. something yeah. that Steve wanted at all. He didn't want like an Ethel Mormon number. He didn't want it presentational. He wanted it conversational. And so I tell that story and how he was fired slash quit mm-hmm. and how dramatic that was but then Larry Fuller comes in the new choreographer and he took the time to listen to us to watch how we performed how we moved and created something for us from that and so I say okay now it's fun again and I go back and sing now you know introspectively but in this jazzy oh Okay, now you know what I'm about. Because that's how, all the fun with that's it. That's the motion that I'm having fun now. I can have it, you know, be, you know, that's, so that's I the can. kind of the idea of the show. I'm glad you're a better dancer. I can't do it. But, no, yeah, no, no, it's, yeah. It's, it, I like that, that idea of taking these things that, that – because a lot of times in theater, they'll see it, they'll they'll force you to do a certain way, and right, then people will right, mimic right, right, right. it forever. Right, right, right. Yeah, but no, I, that's, that, that song I can play with so many you can, different yeah, ways. Like right. jazz, it's great. And you know, I really miss in the documentary because Lonnie had to change the narrative. A lot of cast members who had interviews had to go on the cutting room floor, and that made me sad because every one of them has an interesting story to tell. So I decided to do a tribute to them in the show, and I speak very quickly about it. And there's a song. Maybe I won't give it away because maybe you might see it someday. But there's a song that Lonnie Price gets to sing that's so sweet. But there's a, a section in the lyrics that 
I'm not going to start to cry. It's okay. Um, that it's a, I tribute to the cast. I mean, the, the, I, I don't think that all people who don't do um, theater, people who don't do it, don't understand the bond in that world. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> Merrily we roll along, all of us, after 41 years, are old friends, just like the song, Talk Hey, old friends, what do you say, old friends? We, are, we are, have an email thread that we constantly are talking. We share shows that we're doing. We... Um, it's, I mean, we're old friends, and I don't think there's any Broadway cast that can boast that. They're not as close as we are. I mean, and, and, and for people to, you know, talk about that and how hard of a, of a, you know, how hard it tanked for Sondheim. But, yeah, it is still so loved. Yeah. I know so many people are like, no, that's my favorite. That that's is my, my favorite, favorite show. School. Yeah, it's my favorite and show. And the music's beautiful. It's just the book. It's, the the book, book is challenging. The book was, the book's a mess. You know, I yeah. never, I George Firth, I, he just never understood how to write those characters. And that's my opinion. Lonnie got us all together to do a fundraiser for his theater company. And we all volunteered to come and do a concert version of it, the original cast. And now, 21 years before, I was watching the audience walk up the aisle. But 21 years later, they were standing on their feet screaming like they were at a rock concert. Just the, you know, it's a cult, yeah. It was a cult thing. Favorite. And so it was a very, but George Firth did not want us to do the book because he wanted to do the book that he had just written of it. He kept trying to work on it. And Stephen Sondheim said, no, George, people are coming to see the original cast do the original book. That's the whole point. And he said, well, if they're not going to do that, then they can't do it at all. So we just ended up doing the music. And Hal Prince said, oh, my God. It was always the book. That's why it fails. Because when the book wasn't there, it was blatant. And that happens often. I've seen so many plays Mm -hmm. that the music, they'll have an amazing, like a ballad that just everybody knows and loves, but it kind of falls apart with the book. That is, you can tell the love, though, that this cast has for each other. I mean, I can tell it just reading about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm... and just listening to you now, so I love that. So, and it, where, it, so I know you're doing the 54. There's so, I'm doing 54 below, but uh, yeah, I. There's one uh, here. Joe too. Holt, who was yeah. with the um, Sarasota uh, Choral Artists, um, they have, a, um, John, I'm going to say John Fisher has a wonderful home that can seat like 70, 75 people in it. And he's got two grand pianos and organs and what have you. It's a fantastic, yeah. they built it deliberately so they could do salons in there and i said god i just before i go to new york i just have got to practice it in front of an audience and so they're doing a fundraiser for them. <laughs> yeah, and like, said, i love it great you get a chance to rehearse in front of an audience so we're doing that on may 7th but people can come to that um and i think you just have to go to their website um and, so and keep fun. keep it posted when we get closer to may 17th there's a possibility they may stream it lie once we post this episode uh when i work i'll edit it um yeah. i'll put a link both the sarasola and your youtube account and then yeah. of course to the where you can buy tickets the cabaret which yeah. i would love to see that's awesome but you know thanks and so much yeah grow. that's so you much know, it's like in in my song um burn your bridges now and then or you'll never grow it's one of my favorite lines i love that you know yeah, yeah oh. it's all about growing it's you're, about growing 
That's yeah. it. And and he was he was a writer who got that, I think, yeah. more than anybody he, and he got like and there's he wrote for fe- he wrote females so well. Oh god, he really did. He didn't always put us in good keys. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was the, the more like the problem with breathing also. <laughs> like you don't need the problem with Merrily is that, you know, I'm singing with the two guys, and so they're always in the men's keys. My friends would say, we're singing um, old friends, and we're going, how the hell did you sing it? Because it's, an, it's an, I know, I know. So at least with my cabaret, I decided to put some of the keys down in conversational tone. I like that. Because yeah. I, I want to keep it conversational. Hey, thank you so much for coming well, by. I and I, will, I love, love you. I love you. Okay, okay. okay. Remember, so, gauntlet, gauntlet down. down. Yeah. I, I'm going to write a monologue as Annie. Okay, okay. We'll put that on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's N. Morrison, and we will talk to you soon next time on The Lead. Uh, this, it, it's not usually this chaotic, but I'm kind of glad it was. <laughs> that was Ann Morrison and myself. If I seem a little giddy, I was, because I absolutely adore her. She's fantastic. So if you want some more information on Sarah Solo or... This cabaret on May 7th. Visit mysuncoast.com slash podcast for information on how to get tickets. I'm Melissa Ratliff, and thank you for listening to The Lead.